Listener supported. WNYC Studios. You're listening to the final episode from the Artist Propulsion Lab, Class of 2022. I'm John Schaefer. To wrap things up, composer and saxophonist Stephen Banks and his collaborator, meditation and Dharma teacher Matthew Hepburn, take us behind the scenes of Begin Again, their collaboration that they created just for the Artist Propulsion Lab. Begin Again is a composition for baritone saxophone, cello, piano, and meditation guide, in which the meditation and the music are equally supportive partners. It received its world premiere in the green space on October 18, 2022. My name is Stephen Banks. I'm a saxophonist and a composer and one of the creators of Begin Again. I'm Matthew Hepburn. I'm a Dharma teacher and meditation coach. I knew about Matthew Hepburn before he knew about me during the pandemic. Like so many people, just everything (laughs) really was going wrong, basically. I had just gotten out of a really long-term relationship. I had moved to a new place. I was at the end of my first year teaching at a new university, and then everything shut down, and I was already kind of burnt out from being a new professor, and there was so much political unrest going on that was just really messing with me. I was having a lot of sleepless nights and just not really able to function (laughs) the the way that I was supposed to. Around this time, I found the 10% Happier app that Matthew is a part of. It's been completely transformative. I was meditating with his guidance pretty frequently. So I thought that this would absolutely be the right person to go into dreamland with me in creating this piece. This is a collaborative piece of music that is meant to help people use contemplative practices to explore their relationship to their direct experience, to find more agency, more well-being, more balance. The instrumentation is baritone saxophone, cello, piano, and meditation guide. The meditation guide is not just a separate thing. In this case, the guidance is actually written into the score. It's very much a part of the chamber music experience. And also, I, I wanted to work with cellist Andrew Yee and Zach Bjorken, who's a longtime collaborator of mine. I just thought it would be fun to have these instruments with these people. We were kind of confronted by the blank canvas you know, or the potential of what we could do. And it took us a while to actually build some momentum in the face of how kind of daunting the blank canvas was. As a composer, I also really had to think a lot about how much of this is going to feel like a specifically musical experience and how is it going to feel like a meditation experience. We went back and forth on that kind of stuff a lot. One of the things that we realized pretty early on is that, you know, in a typical piece of chamber music, your audience are listeners, and in this piece, they're participants. It's almost like the audience member is another member of the ensemble because they have something to do, too. For them to be able to engage with the meditation content and listen and receive and experience everything, the guidance and the musical content, is something that we need to to take into consideration. The first bar starts 
the cello and baritone saxophone are doing this low, undulating fifth. The piano gives you this sense that you're not particularly going anywhere, but you're also not static. That's what I was trying to use to create that sense of stasis, but also to mimic the feeling of our thoughts flashing everywhere in these unrelated ways. The first movement is called Chitta, which translates to mind. Chitta is from the ancient language of Pali, which is the language that the Buddhist teachings were originally written down in. This movement is like walking in to the beginning meditator's mind and meeting them wherever they are when they show up. The style of meditation that Stephen and I have really bonded over is not a style that just wants to calm you down and relax you and soothe you. It's a style that is willing to point you right towards discomfort. To begin the experience, do we immediately try to shift their perspective? Or do we meet them where they are and sort of gradually unwind them? It gets to be simpler and simpler. And by the time we get to the most simple iteration, the music feels a little bit more settled. So Stephen has created this kind of field to walk into and to begin to settle into musically at the opening of the piece. Once we get to that point, we sort of fade out in the instruments and Matthew invites us to experience silence. Allow a quiet space to develop. Feel the silence broadening. When I come in, there's a gentle but very clear directive that encourages people that they've got something to do. It's to take three deep breaths, so it should be pretty relaxing and enjoyable for most people. But I call them in to actually engage with the piece, and then the music and the meditation begin to come together. Each are guides for the listener's experience. Right after Matthew invites us to take the first few deep breaths, I bring back this shimmering high-register fifth idea in the piano that is also the same thing that started the entire piece. That fifth is a very fundamental aspect of the entire piece. Begin listening with your whole body. One of the early concepts that Matthew and I came up with was that we wanted something about 
the beginning of the guidance to inspire the audience to feel like they were going on a journey, like they were leaving home. One of the images that Matthew guides us towards is a boat leaving the dock. So in the music, I wanted to create a texture that felt a little bit water-like, sounds that would feel otherworldly. And so the way that we do that is I invite the performers to play any of the notes that I've printed there and to create what I call a, a timbre trill, playing that note but using whether it's different fingerings or on the cello you can produce it on different strings, which gives it a slightly different sound. So we end up with this sound that's sort of like I grew up in the Baptist church, and my grandfather was a pastor. And so spirituals are something that have always been really core to me as a musician. So along with the idea of starting a journey, I thought that it could be sweet to bless the journey that you're about to go on. This spiritual, which is Take My Hand, Precious Lord, I came to from a recording of Mahalia Jackson, who is probably my favorite musician, maybe ever, I don't know. I was thinking about the fact that we're about to go on this journey together and this idea of asking for someone to be holding your hand. You know, it just feels very intimate and real. I heard it in rehearsal for the first time with Andrew playing, I literally started crying. It just felt so tender and vulnerable. It took me back to being maybe 10 or 11 years old and being in my family's living room and hearing my dad put on Mahalia Jackson singing Precious Lord. to have that sense of beautiful vulnerability and a trust, an expression of trust baked into the piece that I had my own personal connection to was really touching. At the end of the first movement, 
I want the audience to be really in their present experience. One of the ways that I try to make that clear is by making the music extremely, extremely simple at the end so that that fifth from the beginning comes back and is repeated five times. And then we gradually lose one note, so then it's just a unison octave five times, and then just one note. I think it's just a moment for the meditation aspect to really be the central focus. There's no beautiful melody happening. They are just there, focused, feeling the aliveness of simplicity. Right here, the body and mind are alive, sensitive to sensations. The second movement is called mula, and that means root. We started talking about this teaching that comes from the Buddhist tradition that all mind states of struggle are rooted in one of three core roots or gestures of the mind. When Matthew and I were trying to con conceive of the second movement, I knew that I wanted it to be like a typical second movement, actually, of a four-movement piece, like a scherzo or something with rhythmic drive. So I was just sort of throwing questions at Matthew, like, I want to think about some of Matthew's musical influences and likes and dislikes, too. So I was just like, hey, Matthew, what are you listening to? What kind of music do you like? I mentioned that I had just really been into listening to Afrobeat recently. I had gotten really into Cuban music when I was younger and... As I said that to Stephen, we're on Zoom with each other, and I just see this like light bulb go off over Stephen's head. We knew that we had gotten the listener to transition into a place of some more collected presence. And what happens for people when they start to get collected and present is it seems like someone turns up the dial on your internal experience. We knew that one of the takeaways we wanted our listeners to have in this moment was a direct and intimate exploration of impermanence as it's experienced from one moment to the next. Stephen and I were talking about the meditative experience of feeling and seeing and recognizing impermanence once you started to get a little bit collected, a little bit steady, a little bit focused. And we talked about how invariably people notice the ways that they struggle. I found this tradition of West African drumming, and I will probably mess up the pronunciation, but I believe it's Ewe, E-W-E. In this tradition, I just found it completely fascinating because there are lots of different ways that break up the beat. And each way that they do that has 
a sort of philosophical purpose to it. So I didn't get too geeky into the fact that exactly what they mean in this tradition, but I then tried to take these feelings that we were trying to create through the three unwholesome roots and sort of map them on to these rhythmic values and see if I could create those feelings using this concept. Each unwholesome root has both a rhythmic representation and a pitch or harmonic representation. One is wanting, craving, desire, greed. The original word is poly. There are lots of different translations. It's dissatisfaction that comes from not being satisfied with how things are and wanting something that we don't have. It feels like it's sort of holding back the beat from happening. Harmonically speaking, this is a little bit on the nose, but it's sort of piazzola or tango-inspired to sort of give the connotations of love or lust or something like that. The second unwholesome root is hatred or aversion, which feels very striking. It really feels like someone's just coming in there and messing everything up. It's wanting to push away what's already here or wanting to get ourselves farther away from something that we perceive, whether imagined or real. The third is delusion or confusion or ignorance, which is when we feel kind of checked out or disconnected from our experience, boredom, apathy, not caring. The pitch representation of delusion is this extremely chromatic theme that uses a rhythmic ostinato, but it's then broken down. So there's 16th notes happening throughout the entire thing. So... One of the things that the second movement is encouraging people to play with is to recognize how both captivating and disorienting constant change can feel and to see if they can start to explore establishing some sense of internal ground in the midst of a landscape that's constantly pushing and pulling and changing and shifting and grabbing for our attention. To bridge the gap between the philosophical traditions of a drumming and chamber music, I thought that it would be cool and helpful actually for our purposes in Begin Again to have some percussive effects that were happening that made the rhythm feel like the most important thing. So there are places in this movement where we're stomping in the saxophone, I'm doing key clicks, and I am playing a low A with a slap tongue. In the cello, 
we have some percussive effects as well. Since we're all playing these sort of percussive, soft effects, Matthew can then speak over these things. So it ends up being a vamp that we use to allow the guidance to happen, even in this movement that is really quite loud in some places and and, and pretty crazy. The cadenza of meditative silence, it's sort of like an in-between space. The reason I use the word cadenza is that I still think it's supposed to be active musically. The way that we use silence and space and time as musicians is an inherent part of being a musician and an inherent part of music because really what we're trying to do is just shape a listener's or audience member's experience. It's as if because all of the other external sources of sound have been turned off, a listener's inner experience, it feels like the volume dial goes way up. I wanted to play with the dichotomy of how anxious and crazed people are going to feel at the end of the second movement and then pass it over to Matthew to allow him to guide the listeners to be aware of that on their own and be like, oh my goodness, there's so much unnecessary tension in my body. Their brains are just going to be firing like crazy, just noticing things. And I wanted the music to not be one of those things that they're being drawn to. The third movement is called Kaya, which translates to body. This is a very simple movement. I think that when people think, oh, there's a piece that's involving meditation, like this is probably the movement that they were thinking about the whole time. I'm trying to create a space for people to tune into their bodies. We eventually invite the audience to vocalize with us and to literally participate in the experience again. I wanted them to be able to use their inner vibrations to tune into their body even more. There's a melodic theme that is presented in the piano at the beginning, repeated by the cello and saxophone, almost like a cannon. That theme, I should say, the first time I used it was in a piece that I dedicated to my grandfather, who was one of my most, you know, formative people. And so when he passed, I wrote a piece called Before You Rest. This melody comes from that piece. I like to use it in moments like this, where I think people, similarly to the first movement, like, they need a little bit of tenderness.
the last movement is titled Vipassana, and that translates to insight. What's happening in the fourth movement is that we're recognizing that we, audience and guide and musicians, all together have been through a whole range of human experiences. That same fifth that started the piece and has come back in all these different sections stays there in the saxophone and cello, and we hold it the entire time as if we've finally found our focus and we've finally been able to not only have that moment of sparkling awareness last for a a quick second, but we can hold our awareness for an entire however many minutes it is. This movement is really encouraging the audience to recognize that the capacity to remember the value of being in non-contention with our direct experience, however it is, is available to us at any time. When we meditate or when we tune in through mindfulness, we're not changing the things that happen to us, but we can, through this awareness, be able to see them very clearly for what they are and feel the implication of this chord or of this experience, go on to the next one, feel the implication of that experience. I think that for me as a meditator, that is actually the thing that has been the most helpful for me is understanding that this is the way things are. (laughs) Like this is life, this is how it is. And through my internal experience and the way that I relate to those things internally, I can have agency in the way that I deal with those things, but it doesn't change the things. At the end of the piece, I'll ring a traditional Japanese meditation bell. People are encouraged to bring their awareness along with them through the transition from being in the piece to just being in the room. I really wanted that experience of the piece to feel like it then becomes real life again so that they're not leaving behind the things that we've experienced during the piece. The more that I've practiced, the more I can feel aware and feel present in every moment. Composer and saxophonist Stephen Banks and meditation and Dharma teacher Matthew Hepburn. After the break, we'll hear Begin Again in its entirety. While some colleges ramped up police presence on campus, others responded to protest against Israel's war in Gaza by giving students a seat at the table. I'm Kai Wright, and on the next Notes from America, meet a young negotiator from Brown University. We'll explore what divestment actually means and how views of victory in this movement vary depending on where you sit. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The piece will begin momentarily. For this work, the listener is asked to participate both silently through their own meditation practice and vocally at times when cued. The opening section begins with a drone from the audience. When the meditation instruction begins, you may let the drone fade. You can settle in now to a comfortable posture and join in with the drone as the piece begins, taking breaks as you like.
allow a quiet space to develop. Feel the silence broadening. The first instruction is to take three deep breaths. Settle in and relax. You may let the eyes close if you wish. Begin listening with your whole body. For a boat, the start of any journey across the water begins with loosening the knot drifting away from the dock and leaving the shore behind. Our own journey has already begun. What we think of as sound is the very space around us vibrating. The experience of hearing arises when your body is touched by this vibration and begins to resonate. The body was the first musical instrument, and all instruments resonate. As we begin, trust the mind and the body itself to listen together.
The second instruction is to recognize that for this period of time, there's nowhere else you need to be, no other experience you will need to attend to. Feel the body resting, breathing, and listening. By arriving at this moment, you've set down the to-do lists, the distractions. For the time being, you have now set down everything that needs attending to. The third instruction is to rest wakefully, alert and at ease. For just this handful of moments, you may put down the burdens of the past and the future. Feel the body resting, breathing, and listening. The past of 30 seconds ago is gone. The future, even 10 seconds from now, will take care of itself when it arrives. This present moment is here, simple, and teeming with life. the body resting, sensing, listening. Right now, the mind and body are alive sensitive to sound. Right here, the body and mind are alive, sensitive 
to sensations. Choosing to return attention to the realm of the senses again and again, it is possible to become more steadily aware. The more steady your awareness, the more obvious the changing nature of any experience becomes. capacity to perceive clearly. Wordless bodily sensations are felt, sounds are heard, and thoughts are known. The meditating mind arises again and again to recognize change with careful intimacy. Liking and disliking, 
arising and passing, is seen from a place of steady, knowing presence. Within the sensitive mind and body, when everything is in flux, a gentle witnessing remains. and shifts. When awareness is strong, the enveloping change of any moment becomes a knowable wonder. In moments without simple presence, relentless change seems to push and pull, to dictate the course of our inner life. Wisdom understands that any attempt to fix or solve, to keep or cling, can only be temporary, like holding back the tide. The meditating mind might instead hold the question, what is the feeling of change? And what is the feeling of awareness? Thank you. 
here, at the center of your experience, there is a living, breathing body. In this quiet opening, feel the body from the inside out. Very slowly, encourage any collected tension to gently melt, unwind, and release. If you wish, you may let the eyes settle closed. For each of us, since long before memory, this body and mind have been continually sensitive to endless arisings and passings. If, in the daily stream of events, our attention has been for a time preoccupied, cast outward, circling the ten thousand things, whether by habit, by necessity, or humble forgetting, then out of generosity we can return attention home to the feeling of the body with a simple sense that we come in peace. Through awareness, any unnecessary resistance to life is revealed. You are invited to place the palm of your hands anywhere on the body. An ordinary touch can encourage the naturally sensitive body to relax and bring forward a kind awareness of the body's own changing condition. Taking a slow, deeper breath in, opening, you might let it out with a sigh, releasing and relaxing.
clarity and simplicity of sensations in the body, a balance may be found amidst changing conditions. listener is invited to use the vocal cords to hum in any way that feels natural. For the rest of the section, breathe in, resting and opening to sound and sensation. Breathe out at times with a hum, offering a kind attention to the vibration in the body internally and externally. Thank you. 
Each time attention is generously returned here, to the center of experience, we begin again. submerged in a familiar current of aimless thoughts, reflexive reactions. A breath of air comes as awareness is remembered, like waking from a dream. forget, of course, and yet the next moment of awareness is always already here. Can you recognize it? Before the next thought arises, Already here, waiting in the slight pause. Simple presence, illuminating the space between busyness between coming and going. But even there, in the thick of it, upon the instant of remembering, awareness is already available. ready to hold the pleasant and the unpleasant, the comings and goings, the joy and sorrow. Ready to allow a new response to life. to imagine that familiar stuck place. Changed by a sudden remembering.
starting fresh, untying the knot in the body and mind, and setting a new course. Imagine waking up when you need it most. Imagine remembering. And beginning again. As the sound of the bell fades, let the awareness and the silence accompany you as you adjust to the space around you. Begin Again by Stephen Banks and Matthew Hepburn, performed by Stephen Banks, Matthew Hepburn, cellist Andrew Yee, and pianist Zach Bjorken. This episode was produced by Stephen Banks, Max Fine, and Laura Boyman, and edited by Matt Frassica, with engineering by George Wellington. Additional production assistance from Jade Jiang and Hanako Yamaguchi. Special thanks to Jen Poyant and 10% Happier. 
I'm John Schaefer. See you in 2023 with the next class of the Artist Propulsion Lab.